And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Once again, it is the Weighing In Podcast. We are back to talk about all of the things happening in the world of MMA. I really want to just talk about the fighters and the fights because that's what's the important part of this. And that's what I'm going to talk about because there's some people that are cracking me up. I just shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, it makes me laugh, man. Hey, I, I, we can both say we've actually been in the cage. I love it. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Um, let's let's talk. Let's, I guess before we get started, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel as well as our clips channel. There's a link down below in our main cl- channel to get you the clips channel. Hit that link. Subscribe to both, please. Hit the little bell. We drop our notifications so you guys can see us anytime we drop something new. We're gonna be dropping some new stuff uh, periodically throughout the week, so don't miss out. And then on top of that. Oh, our audio platforms are on fire right now. They're growing significantly, which we really appreciate you guys uh, hitting that subscribe button there as well. We've got iTunes, Spotify are our two main ones that most people watch, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, all of them. So make sure you guys hit the subscribe button there and check us out. All right, well, let's move right into the UFC, man. Let's talk about it. Excuse me. Burp. Boy, let's talk about it. Someone's been eating some Italian food or something. No, it's hurting. I, I didn't. I, I didn't have a monster today, so I tried to bang, and uh, th- yeah, I tried bang energy today. So uh, it's got a little bit more. I feel like a little bit more caffeine. It's got some creatine in it too. So I gave it a try. It was, it was here at my gym, and uh, it's not too bad. It's a little sweet. It's a little, a little sweet, sweet to me. I don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I'm sure they've got other ones. It's just the ones that we had available at my gym that were picked up. So <clears throat> it was a little sweet for me. But maybe I'll get some gains from all that creatine, baby. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll give you a, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll give you the rub. <laughs> they, they do sponsor future welterweight champion Colby Covington. So there's that as well. Oh, see, okay, hold on. Oh, just because you like that You're WWE s- crap, stop with your bullshit, okay? Podcast, Dave, if you're going to come on and you're going to speak on this podcast, it must be the truth. <laughs> That's why I said what I said. <laughs> oh, man, this guy. Oh. I love me some podcast, Dave. It's great. All right. Well, hey, there's a couple fights on here that I'm really stoked about, actually, to be honest. Talk to um, me, Goose. Look, the one that I want to see, and, 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 I'm, and everyone knows that I'm a true homer. But uh, it's Dwight Grant and uh, Trinaldo, man. That fight I want to see. I knew you were going to say you Dwight Grant. It. Of course. He, Dwight Grant's my boy. <laughs> yeah, he's my boy, man. He got some dogs in his hand. He likes to throw. He lacks really? the cardio sometimes. He's got he's a, a guy gamer, that's got man. dogs in his hands also. Yes, and the two Trinaldo of them are going to stand, I think, and bang it out. The one thing that Trinaldo's got over Dwight, though, I think Dwight's going to have the more power. But I think Tornado's going to be the one that has the better conditioning because Tornado's learned over the years of fighting just to like just suck it up and keep moving forward. Dwight, as he starts to get tired, tends to start backing up a little bit and letting the fight develop in front of him, and it could be the it could be the death of him. So, but I'm telling you, if he does, if he could get him out of there too. I'm just being honest. That's yeah, the thing. Right. I'm being honest, my boy. That's the homer in me to root for my boy. But I can also admit my boy's flaws. All of the all of my boy's flaws. It drives me crazy when you got to do it, but. You know what I mean? I think uh, as long as he tightens up that conditioning factor and he learns how to fight at a pace, that's the problem. He sometimes doesn't fight at a pace. 
he goes too hard, almost like how uh, how uh, Alejandro Lara does, you know, uh, the the female fighter from Bellator. She just she tried to slow it down, it didn't work for her, and she tried to speed it up, it didn't work for her. She's tough as nails, but it's like the same thing with Dwight. He fights too hard, he tends to slow down too much. People get the advantage of him. If he fights at a pace, he doesn't he doesn't pull the trigger enough to land the shot that he needs to get him out of there, and he still gets tired. So it's one of those catch twenty twos. But he's got power, man. He's got a lot of power in his hands. I've cornered him a bunch of times, and he's tough. He's tough. He's durable, and I want to remind people, he was one of, <clears throat> he was the main sparring partner for Luke Rockhold for the, uh, for his title fight against, um, uh, Chris Weidman. So he was the main sparring partner for him and he had helped him a lot. I mean, Dwight was, was out there throwing dogs with, with Luke the whole time, getting him ready for that fight. And I was the main grappling partner, unfortunately with Luke for that fight. <laughs> so, cause it was during the holiday season. No one was in the gym to train fucking dead. The gym AK was dead. During that time, it was just me and Luke training. We both had fights coming up. Uh, but yeah, that to me, I think that fight right there is going to be, it's going to be a barn burner. I'm surprised it's not higher up in the card, but at least on the main card. No, it's <laughs> on the main card. I think the one yeah, that follows it, and I think Alex Karolexis against Sung Woo Choi, that's nah. a good fight. That, Karolexis is fun to watch. Yeah, he, and a lot of people say, he's got a lot of losses. It doesn't matter. He's fought a ton of tough dudes. And man, yeah. he is good, man. And he's actually learned how to even be you know, a fighter that can get guys to fall into his game the way he f- likes to fight. And he's been he's been performing really well. And Choi, Choi's the real deal. He's a tough dude. Yeah. He, I don't recall. I think uh, it was Julian Arosa, who I, I really think is a fun fighter to watch too. He just, he just starts Julian. So I think this is a good fight. I think it'd be fun. I think uh, this the style matchup is going to be interesting to see. So. It should be, this is a fight I look forward to. This is one that I say, that one's going to be action-packed. So, watch yeah, it. Be Troy got a, it's going to end the ground. Troy got a chin on him, man. Oh. He got a chin. Oh. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a beard. He'll take a bunch of shots and just He'll walk He'll take a out, ton of shots. Big shots. And he will yeah, just keep so coming. I think, I think that fight's going to be good. I think Al's going to have to, Caceres going to have to get it to the ground. But he's going to have to mix it up. Stick and move, stick and move. If he can get it to the ground and get on top. I think you can dominate some top position, but it's going to be but hard Alex, to get him down. Choice Alex of- hasn't lost since he had that fight with Crone Gracie. He hasn't lost since. He's been how many? How many great. What, four? Four wins? Three or how four many, in a row? Wins is that? I don't know. Three or four in a row. Let's see. What's the that? Four. Four. Four, four, four in a row. Four, Boom! Four. Look at that. Chase Hooper, Austin yep. Springer, Kevin Kroom. Yeah, Crone's yeah. good man. I wonder if he's going to come back and fight. Crone Gracie. I wonder if he's going to come know. back and fight. I don't know. That'll be his choice. I don't really think. I don't, I don't really think he needs the money. He's one of those guys <laughs> that just. It's like, I don't know. Like you know, he doesn't spend a lot. Probably like he's no. Very, he li- just, he lives yeah. a pretty simple life. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Uh, what other fights on this card? I don't really see. Honestly, John, yeah, I don't really see could, a whole lot gotta, outside of it. You got to talk about the. The main event, well, of course, actually, of it's course. a good fight. It's a. Good it has fight. the potential to be a good fight. Well, any fight has the potential to be good and bad. I mean, let's just be honest. But you look at it, and the way Vittori comes forward, the way he goes after his opponent, and the way that Paulo Costa used to, you know, up to you know, and he still he was going after Israel. The real question is, how is he, you know, mentally and physically after? You know, that long layoff and stuff, you know, Marvin's been, uh, he's been busy. He's been doing a lot. 
He's been active. And both guys, their last loss is to Israel Adesanya. So, I don't know. I, I just think this is a really good matchup. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Izzy really took uh, Costa out of the out of his game. Whereas Vittori, he was able just to stuff everything Vittori did. There's a difference on one was just shut down mentally, and the other one just kept trying, but it wasn't working. Yep. He didn't make the adjustments to try and get. But that's to me, in a mindset of a fighter, like when you're t- like what happened with Aspen Ladd, she just shut down. She did what Paul Costa did. She just shut down, stopped throwing, and let the fight develop in front of him, and then just got picked apart. Whereas Vittori's like, I'm going to go out of my shield. I'm trying to fucking get this fight over with. I'm trying to win. And so there's a difference in mentally on how you handle things. So I wonder how Paul Acosta has mentally prepared for this fight because Vittori's going to try to walk him down. And if you want to talk about size, I mean, oh. Vittori's a big guy as well. Yeah, it's, both you of know, them are. I know Paul Acosta's big. Both of them are big guys. And so it's really going to come down to, I think the speed's going to go to Paul Acosta in terms of, you know, maybe even the power. And delivering the shots. I, th- I just don't the gas tank's gonna definitely go to Vittori. The yep. gas tank, um <clears throat> the one thing with the gas tank uh, and the ground. The ground and power. Yeah, and the ground. He's just better there. But v- Vittori doesn't fight smart though. He kind of just like when he fought when he fought Izzy, he just walked forward and threw shots and kept shooting the takedowns. Now Paul Acosta, he has moments where he fights smart, and then he has moments where he just lets it all go and just tries to knock you the fuck out. So I mean, I I really believe, like when you were saying, this this has the potential of being a great fight. I think it is going to be a good fight. I think it just really depends on which Paulo Costa shows up. Do we get the one that fought Izzy or do we get the one that fought Yoel Romero? Exactly. If we get the one that fought Yoel Romero, fuck, we're in for oh. a barn burner. Yeah, it's be exactly. It. You know, if, if he's mentally back and he's like put that fight to the side and says, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it didn't even happen. Yeah. This is going to be a great fight because I know Vittori is you know, going to come after him. I'm surprised this dude doesn't have a fucking modeling job. No, kidding. that's what I don't get. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, he's six foot, 185 pounds, but probably walks around around 220. 225. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's, he's yoked up on the off season. I mean, I don't know. I'm surprised. I mean, he's, you know, he's got that that olive skin. I mean, he's got the look, man. I'm surprised. Now you're the starting to talk about his color of the skin and olives. Come on, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> you this guy man always trying to stir the pot you're getting as on. bad as me this is what happens when you hang out with me it is, it is <laughs> this is what becoming happens part of the whole thing oh shit it is it is i mean overall though i'm pumped for the fight i think it's gonna be a good fight i think uh some excitement out of that fight um it, I, it, both of them have a lot to lose you don't want to take two losses in a row you know what I mean? So it, you're going to be even further away from a title shot, and someone's going to drop pretty pretty significantly down the rankings after this one. Yeah, so. it's, it, this is a huge fight for both. They both this they both need this fight. You know, this is not one that you go, oh, it's you know, if he loses it, it's not the end of it. This one's going to be significant because it'll be two in a row for Costa after 13 wins in a row. Mm-hmm. Where and where does he go from there? As far as you take a look at the rankings and stuff, there's people for him to fight, but. They're going to say, I don't want him. He's on a two-fight losing streak. That's not going to be good yeah, for here's, them. So. Yeah, here's the other thing, though. Like, they're both fighting. They're fighting at the apex. Both of them fought. Um, both of them fought Izzy. No, I think at the apex. Vittori, Vittori fought him at Vittori, the Vittori apex. Had a crowd. Did he pick him at the apex also? Yeah. See, to me, I feel. I, apex. Yeah, I think no. he did. I think, see, like, to me, Vittori, not Vittori, but Paulo is someone that feeds off the energy of the crowd. 
that might have had something to do with it. And the fact that they're going to be fighting at the Apex again, how will that affect him? Because like when you go back to the the fight with with uh, Yoel Romero, I mean, it seemed like the crowd really got Paul Acosta going in that yeah. fight. It was a scrap, and that crowd was I was there. That crowd was insane that night. It was nuts. That was the same night that he, uh, the DC fought. I think Stipe. So I mean, it just no, no. He fought uh, Derek Lewis. No, yeah, he fought Derek. No, what do I need? Because I was at the Romero, the Costa Romero fight, and so was I. It wasn't a DC. Well, take a look DC at main it. Event. Take a look at who else was on that card, man. Cormier Miocic, yeah, yeah. That was Cormier and Miocic. Yep. Okay, you're right. Good job, Josh. Well, stick stick with it. me and I'll take you places. Okay, stick I appreciate me, okay? that. Good job. I told you, man. This is what I've learned about Big John. He says things with such conviction. It fucking gets me to change my mind that he's right. I swear to you. I swear to God. This I was guy. Because I, you know, I remember watching the fight and I, I didn't think it was yeah. the, the one above it. So That's the you one know, that Daniel there's, lost. There's, that was a big I one. I think what? it is. Yeah, that was the one that Daniel lost. Yep. I believe. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, because I think he beat. I think he beat uh, Derek Lewis in New York. I think that was in. He New did. York, You're right. right. Yep. Yeah, Derek Lewis was in New York because I was at that one too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I don't know, way, man. There's. Go the, ahead. The, I was going to say the Costa one was no fans, but it wasn't Apex. It was Abu Dhabi. No, that was in Abu Dhabi, uh, but no fans. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Vittori Kevin, no was fans. in Arizona. Got it. So Vittori okay. was in front of fans. Yep. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. So it wasn't at the Apex, but we were both wrong. Shit, on both of them. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> yeah, shocking, right? <laughs> I can't say where the fucking oh, fights are at now. I'm not part of it. I know. Shit, man. I tried. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I think the crowd I think the crowd's gonna have something to do with it because I feel like Paulo Costa is someone who feeds off the crowd. Vittoria's he seems very focused on what he needs to do to get the job done. Like you saw that against Izzy. No crowd or not, it doesn't matter, or even if it was a little bit of a crowd, it's still he he fought he fought aggressive and hard the whole time. Apollo, I think he's gonna he's gonna need a crowd, and I don't know if the if the apex crowd is gonna be enough because I think they're allowing what fifteen hundred in the apex or something. like oh, that. Oh God, Maybe no! Less. They don't even have close to that. Not no, five hundred. Yeah, not even that. About two hundred. A hundred. Yes, it's there's not that Damn. many. They 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 yeah. sell you know they give tickets out to it basically you know as yeah to the nothing. VIPs yeah smart yeah it is it is yeah I saw Megan Fox was there with Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> was that okay? Was that before or after? And uh, Park, no, it was, it was before. It was before. It was before. Oh, yeah, it was before. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Dana ain't trying to piss off fucking. That was why I was <laughs> Connor. One day he may come back. He's got to leave that door open. Oh shit. Anyways, oh, no, we're gonna now, see a good fight. Now he's punching DJs in Italy. Uh, what the hell? Yeah. I don't know, man. Hey, but in the same in the same weekend, he had uh, he had a couple drinks of proper twelve with uh, Johnny Depp. I saw that they were. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before. So, hey, is what it is. All right, well, hey, let's get into the Bellator card. This is happening in Russia coming up. Aiden Lee fighting again, huh? Oof, he's a stud. I like watching him fight. Well, he didn't have a great uh, a great yeah. outcome in his last fight, but he had a hell of a performance hair. because he was. He did. Man, he he was fighting his ass off and He's fighting for he, his life. Oh my god, <laughs> it it's crazy. Yeah, craziness. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was one of those ones, man. He fought a guy that was possessed that night with his yep. the energy and the and what 
Aaron Pico was doing. You can't say it. I thought Aiden Lee performed incredibly for what was going on. And uh, I look forward to watching him, watching him again. Yeah, he's a dog, man. He's someone that he never quits. He keeps fighting his ass off. He's tall, long, and lanky. Yep, I said it. Tall, <laughs> long, and lanky. That's right. I mean, he fights at 145. I think he's like six foot, six one. He's, he's tall as hell. Foot, yeah. yeah, he's six foot. So <clears throat> uh, Brian Moore is on this card as well. And yep. uh, Mikolaev is is who he's fighting. Nikita Brian Moore's good. got good boxing. He is good. He's so really should, good. This should be a, that should be a really good fight. Brian's got love- to stay off of his back. Brian, the whole thing is, if Brian can keep it on the feet, he's got a really good chance in this fight. Yeah, Brian ends up on the ground on his back. It's not going to go well for him. Brian Moore, he's what I call my Irish Canelo. He throws a beautiful left hook to the body. I love yep. the way he throws it. So why don't you why don't you call it the 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 Scottish Judge Thompson? Why don't you call it that? <laughs> that Scottish guy, what? I, I, I used to have a pretty good body shot. No, I didn't. <laughs> I never did. <laughs> I never did. It was horrible, man. Uh, I actually think I got hurt one time throwing a body shot. My elbow turned in. And I tweaked my elbow because oh. I didn't have it. Yeah, it was. Hor- it was embarrassing. I, I, it's, it's embarrassing that I have a good left like body shot, knowing that I'm I'm Mexican. It's just disgusting. <laughs> Javier used to always make fun of me because you know he's Mexican. Mendez, obviously, he's he's Mexican. He's like. Bro, you're probably the only Mexican I know that doesn't have a fucking good left hook. To the body. (laughs) Never. He's like, your left hook sucks. I just started laughing. I was like, damn. I worked on it all the fucking time, too. It just always sucked. Nothing I could do about it. Oh, come on. No power. You're saying you worked on it. Let me ask you. I worked on it a lot. He was did, adamant about getting me to learn how to do it. Okay, did you go in there at on days and all you did was throw a fucking left hook? Time yes, after time yes. After time. I did it on the damn speed bag. Like, just stand there, wait for the speed bag to stop. Boom, left hook. Wait for the speed bag. Boom, left hook. It, that, and then on the bag, dig the body. Dig the, just, it would be like on the bike, get off, only body shot, left hook to the body, left hook to the body. He's like, Hob was one of those guys. He just had you throw one punch. Yeah. One punch. I want to give like you two, Kane, two different spots on the on a heavy bag, and you're going to hit those. Yeah. When Kane broke his hand, he made Javier, when Kane broke his hand, I think it was his hand. He he made Javier uh, Javier made him do a thousand kicks every day at noon. He between two bags, he'd step to one side, kick the the bag, step to the other side, kick the other bag, back and forth a thousand kicks every day at noon. From noon to two was a thousand kicks, and he had to get it done within that time frame where he owed like a thousand know, kicks sucks. Shit. <laughs> yeah, a thousand you, kicks is dude. Shit. Your leg, your leg is fucking jelly at the end of that thing. No, oh, this guy kept fucking trying to. It was but it was both legs, so he'd step to one side, kick with his rear leg, step to the other side, kick to the other leg. Okay, yeah, that's still was, 500 per. That still sucks. Yeah, it's still a lot. <laughs> still too much. Okay, right, so... Um, there is a fight on here we got to talk about a little bit before. I know you're not going to know much about him, but we have Darina Mazdiuk. Have you heard of her before? Okay. Yes, I have. The one that fought the big 5,000-pound yes, pound, uh, she's 500 the red queen. Guy. She yes. fought the 529-pound guy and beat him. Jesus, and beat him. <laughs> that's uh, embarrassing. That is really embarrassing. If you're that guy, like, oh where do you go after that? What do you do? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I wonder if he took a fall. You know, they are Russian. Yeah. Things like that you could happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, she uh, she's tough. She looked very tough. I remember the, the guy was what trying she, to get her down with the front yeah, headlock, and she, she wasn't fought. letting it go. Yeah, so I yeah. was like, it'll be interesting yeah, to we, see how she does. She's fighting a girl from Poland, uh, Katarina Sadura. So we'll see. We'll see what she's uh, – okay. 
does against a true professional fighter. But that's interesting yep. as far as that's how she got the contract. Yes, it is. Yep. Mike Kogan was like, hey, you look like you can fight a little bit. Let's give yeah, you a well, try. Yeah, oh, you're four yeah, he one. Said, he goes, Let's hey, do any, it. Any, any girl step in there and fight a guy, a big guy, yeah, I'll sign her. Yeah, that's great. Um, the the guy, one of the Tokovs, but uh, Anatoly Tokov, he should be fighting for the title against. Yes, he should. Uh, Gegard Mousasi. I don't know what the visa issue is. I'm hearing that there's a visa issue. I don't know why or what, but you know whatever's going on right now. I don't know if it's because it's Russia and the COVID situation, but he should be next in line for the title shot. I know he's just been waiting. It was supposed to happen pre-COVID. I think they had already talked about booking it coming up, and then COVID happened, and it was like, okay, that got put to the side. So hopefully he gets this. Uh, if he gets this win, I don't even know how to say that guy's last name. Sharaf Daviat Muradov. Okay, I'll take Sharaf. <clears throat> so Sharaf <laughs> and Tokov, but Sharaf is uh, he's tough as well. But I think you know Tokov just right now is on another level. Daviat Muradov. I'm telling you, Daviat Muradov. I've watched him fight. He's a good fighter. He's a tough guy. I don't think he's as good as Tokov. I think Tokov should win that fight, but. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's got to come and be in shape and be ready to go because the guy he's fighting, he's tough. He will fight, yeah. man. So it's a it's a good one. Usman Nurmagomedov is on the card. He's going against a person that you have personally watched fight, I know, because you called his fight, I believe, in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Patrick Patila. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, but no one's no one's beating him right now. I think Usman in the I agree in the 155 pound division. I don't I, I don't think anyone's going to beat. There's there is who else is in there? There's two guys in that weight class. I think that might are going to give him a little run for the money. Shabli right will give now. him some, Shabli will give Shabli, him some trouble. Shabli will give him some trouble. Ah, oh, there's one other guy. Which weight is he? 155. 155. 155. So if Usman, uh, who else can give him some trouble? Gosh, I was just thinking of who's I thinking, man. Who are you thinking? Is there somebody in this? I know Shabli will give him some trouble. Why Yamushi? is Shabli not in these rankings? <laughs> don't don't ask me these questions. Gosh, these these damn things are driving me fucking crazy, <laughs> man. Our this this is horrible. I hope we yank our ranking system from the media because this is just it's just killing me. Well, has he fought recently? Do, yeah, he just he just got Shabli a win recently. About- I mean, Four months ago. Yeah. It's just was nuts, it before man. or after this though? Because Brent Primus just got ranked after it doesn't after matter yeah, if he but... fought four <laughs> months ago and he won and he's that good, he should be yeah. up on that list. Yeah, but yeah. isn't that good your subjective opinion? I'm gonna subjective opinion no. you right in the fucking <laughs> mouth, okay? <laughs> no, no, if Yeah. Yeah. It's just driving me crazy. Um he needs to get another fight. I do know he needs to get another fight here soon. But, I mean, like, I think Shabli will give him a hard time. But they've trained together. They know each other. They were both at AKA at the same at the same time, training around the same time together. Why do we have two number sevens? That's what I don't get. Just say number him? eight. One of them is going to have to be number eight. <laughs> Just make them number eight, okay? It is what it is. Anyways, um... Uh, and then, the, then apparently, what's his name? Brent Primus is going to get the title shot next. But you have Sidney Outlaw that's right there, ranked ahead of him. Why would he not be next? I don't understand this. And why is Patricio still there? He's not the champion anymore. It's vacant. True. Gosh, these guys are killing me. Um, all right. Well, anyways, 
Yeah, so I want Usman. Usman, I think Shabu would give him a hard time. I don't know if they'd fight each other based on they have training together. They, I think they are friends outside of you know all of this stuff. So good stuff. Um, what, who else on this card that you you're interested yeah, in? Look, you got the guy that's one of the best heavyweights in the world that no one can talk yeah. about because he, he does have visa problems and they can't get him out of Russia much. But it's Vitaly Minikov, who actually used to train down at American Top Team, where his opponent. Sayed Soma also trains and stuff, but yeah. this this guy, look, he's got one loss. It's to check Congo. It was a decision loss. It was one where he was he won the first round easy, but he ran out of gas because he got an infection and took antibiotics, and you could see it sapped his uh, oh yeah strength and his endurance and his cardio, and uh, that's his only loss. The guy is a yeah. phenomenal wrestler. He has got yeah. big power in his hands. He's knocked a bunch of guys out. He's the real deal. It's unfortunate that they can't get it to where he can actually face the very best competition all the time based upon they can't get you know him in a position where they can get him yeah. into the States to fight. And the only place they can get him to fight right now is in Russia. So that's why he's fighting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's really good. Like, he's really he's good. Really and I know people are like, oh, we lost a check. Look, if you guys have ever tried to train or if you guys have tried to fight being on antibiotics, especially for, like, a staph infection, the antibiotics just zap you. You have no energy. Look, Go back and take a look at Luke Rockhold versus Chris Weidman. Luke had got, like, some sort of, like, gout type of infection in his ankle that week, and he was on medication that whole week. Luke was in phenomenal shape, sparring five rounds with different guys, the whole camp for that thing, <clears throat> even though Dwight was the main guy. Um, but he had was never got tired, kept pushing the pace, just was that guy in the gym. Then he got to the fight, and it was like after round one, he was zapped, done. He came out, I know, in round two, he just was exhausted, but he was able to get the win. But he was exhausted in that fight, and he had almost had to be carried out of there. He was so tired. I mean, he could barely stand up after that. And that's what the medication does to you. If any of you guys have ever tried to train, if you had the flu and you were on any type of antibiotics for it, there's, you don't have the energy. And that's the only reason why he lost that fight. He would have, I think he would have, he would have beat Czech pretty easily. I think had he been healthy, he's, he was the champ previously to Bellator. He had already previously him. beaten him. Yeah, he already been the champion before. Yeah, he'd already been the champion before. Then he had visa problems, vacated, vacated the title because they couldn't get him in the country. Then he came back, started. He had a couple of fights, and then now he went back to Russia. And then with COVID hit, he can't he can't get back in the country again. And it's, it's, I think some of it has to do with his job. You know, he's, I think he's got some sort yeah. of. Uh, you know, job that uh, Some government makes job. it hard, difficult. Yeah, government job that makes it difficult for him to get into the country. So, anyways, all right. Well, let's talk about the main event: Fedor Milianoko versus uh, Tim Johnson. I think this is a horrible fight for Fedor. I don't know why he picked him. He picked Tim Johnson, I believe. They gave him like two options or three options. Say, hey, these are the three guys that I think will be available that have said they've all take the fight uh, and they're ready to fight you. That's it. That uh, he he. Because he fought, uh, not to uh, who's Valentin Moldovsky. Because he fought Moldovsky. All these Russians, man, it's hard to remember their names. <laughs> because <laughs> he fought Moldovsky, and Moldovsky beat him, but it was a close fight. Tim was looking good. He has that Tyson Fury type body with all the energy, all the cardio. He's got a little bit of power in his hands. That's Tyrell Fortune. I mean, he's he's got some good wrestling. He gets on top. He's got heavy hips, good pressure, got good ground up pound. You know, you could ask Matt, Matt Mitrione. He's good, man. He's tough. People look at him and they go, oh, look at his body. He looks fat. Yeah, so does Tyson Fury. Yeah. Okay, and I'm not calling him Tyson Fury. Calm down, but he's he's a fighter. 
And so um, I just don't think this is a good fight for him. If Fedor doesn't get him out of there in the first 30 seconds, I'm, I wouldn't say 30, the first two and a no. half minutes. If he doesn't get out of there the first two and a half minutes, it's going to be a hard fight for Fedor. First round. I'll and, go first round. I'm going will, first round. And this will be five rounds, correct? This will be? I don't know. Is it? I think we're we moving everything to five rounds. I think it's a I heard three, every, I heard belt. three by five. <clears throat> but they are moving it, minute. but I'm not sure it when is. it starts. Okay, yeah. Uh, I thought it was moving it's now. I thought no, because they, they couldn't. Well, they they can't do that because they signed a contract. Oh, they were all... The contract was oh, for yeah. <clears throat> three by five, so they can't do it until they have them in a contract. They signed saying Doesn't... they'll go five. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. This this fight was already signed, so maybe once yeah. the new fight. I, I believe around. this would be a three-round fight. <clears throat> yeah. All right. But, all right. All but the right. thing to think about is this. If you're, if you're Probably the look, cyborg fight. I would imagine the cyborg fight. Cyborg fight, the championship fight. That's true as well. Fuck, I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You just made that one easy Uh, on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if you're going to look at Fedor, you know, there's reasons why he's fighting Tim Johnson. He he wanted to fight someone that he felt was a good fighter, was that had been on a win streak. You know, obviously he lost his last fight to Fedor's teammate, but I think that had partly, you know, some of the reasons that. Fedor said, yeah, that's a guy I'll fight because they had planned for him and they had, mm-hmm. you know, they had a game plan and they knew exactly where he was at. And now Moldovsky can come back and give him information about, what, you know, where Tim is good and where he thinks that he can take advantage of him and stuff. The other thing, if you're looking at it, you know, jujitsu guys tend to give Fedor more problems than big wrestlers. Big wrestlers he tends to do better against, you know, throughout his career. The big wrestlers never did well against Fader. Take a look at the people that have the wins against him. Yes, Bader has a win against him, but that was a quick knockout. Okay. But, you know, when you're taking a look, it was, you know, Fabricio Verdum, a jiu-jitsu guy, was the guy that, you know, got that first win really, you know, after a 30, you know, 31 or 32 fights. You know, he had the one that they, they gave him a loss <clears throat> in Japan that was bullshit when he got a cut. Um, so, you had Verdum. Then you had Bigfoot Silva. Bigfoot Silva ends up getting on top of him, pounding him out, you know, and got a win that way. But but big-time wrestlers haven't had that great of a success, you know, against Emilianenko because Matt Mitrione is not a wrestler in any fashion, right? Okay, so there's another guy with the win, and Bader's the, you know, the, the other guy that you're looking at. So it's not in that position. Dan Henderson would be... The one wrestler, if you're going to say it, Dan doesn't wrestle. So I'm just going to go with it's the big wrestlers and big wrestlers. That's why I didn't put Dan in there. But the big wrestlers, he's done well with. You know, the Mark Coleman's and guys like that, he's always done very well. And no matter what, there is a, there is a size difference with these guys. No. Tim is much bigger. Okay. No. But even at the age of 45, I think Fedor is now, even at that age, I guarantee his hands are way faster than Tim Johnson's. What is he? Yeah, he's 45. He's got fast hands. I will tell you that. I know it personally. The dude can move. He's got fast hands. You saw it even, you know, in his fights with Mir and Chael Sonnen. He had moments where when he explodes, he is still fast. But as the fight goes on, he's going to wear out much faster than Tim Johnson, and Tim Johnson, if he gets that opportunity to get that fight towards the second round, into the second round, I think he'll start to take over. Yeah, 
John, if he loses, I don't want to see him fight again. I, I don't want to see him fight right now. I don't want to see him fight right now. <laughs> I understand why they're doing it because of the Russia thing. I just I, I remember him being so dominant for so long. He was. He was so he was so damn fun to watch fight because he was fucking reckless. Oh yeah. Like jumping in big bombs in the ground and pound. Like when you go back and watch his fights with Noguera, oh, I'm surprised Noguera's head didn't cave in. He had just destroyed oh. Noguera multiple was it they fought two times or three times well they fought three times one ended up in a no contest because they clashed heads and Fedor got a cut on his forehead and so yeah it became a no contest <sighs> what a just it was just I mean he had some nasty ground and pound against everybody he everybody was vicious. Dude, do you remember yeah. his fight against Heath Herring that was the one that really brought Fedor to the the public's eye in pride mm-hmm. He fights Heath Herring, and Heath was on a roll, and he destroyed Heath, and it was brutal. I mean, he, you know, Heath's face was all puffed up and, and nasty. And the ground and pound that he was eating was just nasty, and everyone was like, oh, dude, there's, there's the guy that they were talking about, and yep, he's for real, and then yeah. he just kept yeah. on. Yeah. So. I mean, I look at it, he's just a shadow of himself, though, from what he used to be. And sure. I just, like, like, I just don't want, I know he's 45 years old. Yeah. You know, I just don't want to see, I don't want to see him fight anymore after this. Even if he wins, I don't want to see, I want him to leave as soon as he wins. Yeah, you want him to like, leave, but like, the problem hey, is, yeah. what he wants. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. I know. You got, yeah, you got to treat these kind of guys with a little bit of respect, you know, and let them. Let them dictate, you know, what they want to do with their careers. But, you know, this is the one that I don't know. I, if he wins. In Go Russia, ahead. I'd like to see him just ride off into the sunset. So would I. So would I. But, see you later. Yep. You know, win or lose, we'll I'd like to see him say, hey, it's enough. You, you've done great. But yeah. I can tell you, you know, he speaks a lot better English than most people realize. Yeah. He's fun to be around. He's a good guy. I mean, he's, he's, he's a practical. Once he knows you, then he becomes somewhat like you. He's a bit of a practical mm-hmm. joker. He's not quite the smartass. But he uh, he's a great guy, and he's, in my opinion, he's been one of the pillars of the sport in that, you know, he has not, you know, caved to just money. He's had his yeah. little principles, and he's done things his way. You have to respect the fact that he's done things his way because he could have made a lot of money in other places. He was offered a ton. And he's always decided to do things his way, and and I give him credit for that, and I give him credit for the fact that, look, at he's done it not only as a fighter, he's done fantastic as a trainer because look at what his guys are doing. You know, he's got fighters fighting in a lot of organizations. They're all fighting very well, a lot of champions. He, he, he does the whole thing. He is the minister of sports for MMA, you know, in Russia. He's got a lot of responsibilities. I've gone over in, there and done fights for him in the amateur programs and stuff. He does a lot with that. He's just a phenomenal guy. Yeah, I went to a show called S70 over there. Uh, Trevor Prangley was the main event <clears throat> for that fight. And, uh, you know, and it's the, that's the only Wasn't show that they like have the, out there. Wasn't that like the black tie affair ones? Yeah, it's like pretty much like yeah. a black tie affair. So we, it, was in so, it was in Sochi right before the Olympics. Uh, probably, I think it was like in August. I think it was in September, early September. And they were still setting up the Sochi uh, villages and stuff. Uh, for the Olympics, getting ready in, I think, what, December or February, right, is when the Olympics were. Anyways, it was awesome. Took us up in the mountains, nice little, like, rivers and and 
streams running down with some with saunas next to it it was beautiful um but they have out on the deck <clears throat> out on this big huge dock they had set up an area and there was only about 200 people invited so it was putin it was fedor was he was there and then you had a couple other people i think uh i think even alex ovechkin was there the hockey player so those three they that's were why you're a about, capitals fan <laughs> yeah and they had three they had about two they had about 200 250 people fans there but I mean, they had military ships surrounding the whole place. They did a full background check on all of us. But overall, it was a it was a great event, you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was a chance we all got to meet uh, all the fighters. Uh, got to meet Putin, and uh, you know, obviously, I had met Fedor multiple times, fighting in Pride, fighting in Strike Force, all of those things. So overall, like you said, great person, absolute great person. Yep. Seems very nice, and he does speak English a lot better than people. And you'll yeah, you'll yeah. realize that too when you start talking to him, and or you start asking a question. And then he smiles and like snickers when you ask something that he understands. And then you know that he understood. So then the then the translator repeats it and you're like, I already know he knows what I said. <laughs> you know, so overall good stuff. That's good. I think look, I'm pumped for the car because Usman's on there. I'm pumped for uh I want to see Tokov. uh Tokov and Anat- yep. I want to see Anatoly Tokov, see how well he does after this long time off. Who is part There's of Fedor's of fight team? Yes, and then Minikoff. As well, him coming back after all of this as well. So there's a lot of guys on this car that people just are not looking at, but they're tough, tough Russian guys. And so I'd like to find like a lot of people to get some hype around them. But overall, good stuff. Well, we want you guys to go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. There's plenty of things that are coming up to finish off this year to bet on with football, basketball, MMA, a lot of top level MMA events coming to your, to your TV and also things for you guys to bet on. That cannot wait for you guys to start winning some money. If you guys listen to Big John and myself, we will give you some of our predictions. Go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne in. Let me say that one more time for you guys. Go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne in. And we're going to try to help you win some money. All right. We're going to talk about, um, the, Exchange between Jan Black, uh, Blackovich and... Uh, Blahovich. If you can't oh, say wow. the name, don't say it. All right, Jan. I'm all over you today, Dave. The champ. <laughs> the champ, Jan Jones. Um, <laughs> Jan Jones. Because he's 2 5, right? Um, uh, and uh, Corey Anderson. Um, they, had the, they had the Twitter exchange, you know, they're basically... Corey was saying he's the best. Jan said you're not the best. You know, like that. You know the gist of it. Um. <laughs> no, well, let's let's read it. Yawn. Okay, so yeah. Corey does a thing after he wins, and he says he's like, "I'm the best." And I think Coker even said in the pre- in the in the presser that Corey Anderson, whoever wins this tournament, whether it's Nemkov or if it's Corey Anderson, that, that that's going to be the best 205 pounder in the world. Yeah, it's going to be hard for me to argue that. And I'm not doing that because I'm a homer. I know people are going to like, "Oh, you're a homer. You're this in Bellator." No, absolutely not. I'm not being a homer. Look, I'll tell you guys. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. When somebody is a good fighter, I'm going to give them credit. Nemkov and Corey are going to have a fight. We're going to find out who the best 205 pounder is in the world. Because if you guys want to compare this, like, look, it what Corey said was true. And I'm not saying what Jan said wasn't true either. Yeah, it was true, two too. Things can bo- two things can be true. Semi-true. He says, Jan says, hold up. So a guy who bolted from the UFC after I've sl- after I slept him and almost made him retire got a couple of wins in the second league and claims he is the best. Maybe I've punched him too hard. No class in win or defeat, Corey. There's levels to this. Corey comes back and laid down some truth as well. Let's not forget what happened to you the first time I left you looking like the elephant man, which is also true. And you posted, I need to go home and rethink my career. That is true as well. Yeah, I got knocked out in the the second fight. Lucky punch. 
That is not true. I don't agree it's with not that. a lucky punch. Okay. It's not a lucky punch. Look, you, you touch, caught him. You... Jan's got Jan's got power. We all know Jan's got power, and it can happen. That's part of the game. But I made you. I made you uh, my broad for 15 minutes straight. Sorry, my lights in the way. Nothing, Nothing lucky, lucky about, about that. that. And that's true. So you have to look at it from both sides. The lucky punch is not true. It happens. The technique was there. It landed clean, slept him. Cool. Okay. But I'm going to tell you from a fighter's perspective, and maybe John will agree with me. Maybe John won't. It is a lot harder to beat somebody up for 15 minutes knowing the fight starts every round on the feet and knowing you got to be able to take this guy down every single time the the fight starts on the feet. It's a lot harder to hold somebody down. It's a lot harder to make sure that you're able to deliver damage the way he did and made Jan look like the elephant man the way he did Okay, for 15 minutes. That is hard, hard work. If Jan didn't have the answer, let's just say that second fight would have went past the first round and Corey got a takedown. How would that fight have been different? It wasn't different. It was, I think it landed, it ended in 338 of the first round is what it ended. Yawn knocked him out in the first round. That's the fight game, you guys. But to sit here and say that Corey's a second tier uh, fighter in the 205 pound division, it's just ridiculous. Look, he left. He was ranked number four in the world when he left the UFC. He asked for his release because he knew the UFC was not going to let him or not promote him anymore. I've been in that same situation. When Dana doesn't like you, he doesn't help you. Don't don't expect to be promoted. Don't expect to get into that next level because it's not going to happen. They're going to continue. Look what they did to John Fitch. What, 11 or 12 wins in a row and they finally gave him a title shot? It was like, I get it. Maybe he wasn't the most exciting. But when you, you can't deny somebody that long, they start, look at what they're doing to Leon Edwards right now. The same shit. And so, like, when, I, when they don't like a fighter, that's what's going to happen. They don't like the way that they fight. They don't like the style of which they fight. But all they do is collect W's. Then it's hard to keep denying them. Corey realized that it was never going to happen. They had had actual, real, legitimate conversations with Corey Anderson, saying, "You need to change your style. Yep. If you don't change your style, you're not going to get a title shot. If that's what's going to happen, you you hear that from the promotion, and you're winning, you're beating people, and you're beating them handily by just taking them down and grinding them out and doing those things. Keep doing what you're doing. He didn't do that, and it cost him that fight against Jan. And that's this. People were like, "Oh well, Jan got better." Yes, Jan did get better, but let me just, I want to go back. Can you pull up Jan's uh, record so for me? So has Corey please, Anderson. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I believe Corey's gotten better as well because confidence is key for everyone. Okay, yeah. you get you get a couple wins, you start building up. But if you pull up Jan's record, when did he fight? Everyone's like, oh, well, he beat, he uh, he knocked out, uh, what's his name? Dominic, Dominic Reyes. He knocked out He Luke. knocked out Dominic Reyes. He not uh he knocked out uh who, Ronaldo Souza who else? So he beat Izzy. Izzy is coming up from one eighty five. All he did was take Izzy down and do the top game. Okay, so he did that. Dominic Ray is coming off of the loss to John Jones. Let me explain to you guys. Okay, and I'm, I'm look, and this is not me being this is not being biased it's from a fighter's point of view. My own personal experience, not just with myself, but dealing with other fighters. When you get all the way to the title shot. And then you lose. You you go back and you start second guessing everything. What do I need to do to reinvent myself? What do I need to do to change myself to get back to that title shot? You don't really need to do a whole lot. But people start feeding on that, believing that they do need to do things. Dominic Reyes was not the same fighter after he lost to John Jones. No matter what people think and no matter what people say about him winning that fight or should have won that fight, I had Dominic winning that fight against John Jones. John, I don't know if you did or not. Yes, I, I did. did. A lot of yes, a lot of other First people. Three rounds. 
A lot of other people had Dominic Reyes winning that fight too. But I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter what people had him winning or not. He lost the fight. And when he fought Jan, his mentality was not the same. He was not the same. They didn't have the same confidence when he got there. He hasn't been the same fighter since. He hasn't been the same fighter since. And that's what happens after you lose that title shot. You work so hard to get there. And when it doesn't come to fruition... You just, you're not the same fighter. You need to reinvent yourself. Now, some fighters are able to come back and do it all over again. And that's very rare. That's very rare. Now, maybe Dominic Reyes will, but I'm not saying he will. Uh, Ronaldo Souza. Jacare. Uh, Jacare. Uh, I was thinking, uh, uh, no, no, no. But that was at 205? Yeah, he fought him at 205. He fought him at 205. Okay, I was, I know, I was like, but I was thinking of... Uh, I was thinking of uh, Tiago. That's why I was like, God, yeah. I don't know why I had that the the hammer in my on my. Anyways, but like those type of guys, like after they have lost at a title shot, they have to reinvent themselves, and they're not the same fighter. And so to say that, oh well, he beat him, and 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 uh, Jan's a better fighter. He's gotten better since then. Jan's also getting a little bit older now too, and sure, he's the champion. Okay, but. I continue to say that if if this fight goes past the first round and Corey gets a takedown, Corey can win this fight easily. I, I not any. I'm not saying easily. Not Shouldn't easily. say that. No. He, but I think the takedowns will come easier as the fight goes on. But if Yon can land that clean shot or Long can use it, utilize his boxing and keep this fight on the feet, then he wins. But to say they're both one and one, to say that one can smash the other, it's just not true. And that's the, that's the thing. I'm not I'm not batting for. I don't give a shit. It doesn't do me any good. This fight's never gonna fucking happen. So I'm not gonna like. I'm just sitting here pleading my case, saying both fighters are really damn good. And if Corey can get the takedown, Corey wins. And if Jan can keep it on the feet and land those shots, Jan wins. But I also believe in a five round fight. The longer this fight goes, it favors Corey There's Anderson. No doubt. Who the favors. one thing Corey Anderson has is a ton of fucking cardio. That guy's gas tank is is unreal. Enormous. Unreal. So that that was me in a nutshell, what I believe. And if you guys don't believe me, then that's fine. I understand where you guys are all coming from. You guys see those three little letters and you automatically believe in your mind <laughs> that that's the best fighter. And I'm not that person because guess what? I've seen that that show, that promotion, that th- those three little letters cut fighters. And then years later, those fighters came back and became champions there for multiple times. And one of them is Robbie Lawler. I remember hearing Robbie Lawler's always washed up. He's shit. He's this. Guess what? Came back, dominated, won the title, had some of the most epic fucking fights ever in UFC history. That lets you know that the UFC's not always right. They don't always have the best guys. They have a hey, champion I can go right on about now. DC and they everyone. cut. They have a champion right now that they cut. They cut Brandon Moreno. Ooh. Brandon oh, Moreno. They that's cut true. Him. Yeah, that's true. That's he's, true. A, he's, a, he's a fun guy to watch so it, yeah it, look here here's the reality of this they're both good fighters Corey anderson yes. is a, he's a stud and jan blahovich he's a stud they both have their elements where they're strong they both have elements where you can say ah this guy's got an advantage over you but the truth of the matter is yes jan knocked him out was it a lucky punch negative that's not lucky that's skill it's timing, it's distance control, and it's accuracy. And he had all of those things, and that's why that punch landed where it did. And Corey did not do the right things to make sure that it did not land that way, and that's why he got the win. And he deserved it. Same as 
there's nothing lucky about what Corey did to Blahovich in his first fight. He dominated him. He crushed him. He brought him down anytime he wanted, and he just ground and pound him into a three-round decision. Now, that's not a knockout, but as he says, you know what? You go 15 minutes with somebody, and you control them, and you do with them as you wish throughout those 15 minutes, that's a dominating performance. That means that, you know what? There's no luck involved in that. That's skill. Both of them have skill. Both of them are great fighters, and both of them on any given night could beat the other guy. That's the way I look at it, and that's awesome. That's the way it's supposed to be. There are better, you know, there's all kinds of things, and it's a better world in MMA when you have fighters from other organizations that are just as good as the organization that most people think is the best one in the UFC with the best talent and everything. Great, but I can guarantee you, Dana would never take the chance of putting Corey Anderson against Jan Blahovich again. He won't do it because he knows. Yeah. So, and that's not that Jan couldn't win that fight. I'm not saying that Jan could. Scott Coker would take the chance because he doesn't have as much to lose. Dana's got more to lose with it because he is the big promotion. And I look at it, and Coker's right. And I and I'm telling you right now, I'm not sure Corey can beat Nemkov. Nemkov is good. I've watched him. Since he was an amateur, he is, and and this is where you talk about progression. You, I've watched what he's done when he lost and how he learned about what he did in those losses to, you know, a mistake. Most of it was his ability to control his cardio. And he still had that problem coming into Bellator and he's fixed it. He's good. And you can, people who say what they want. Oh, he fought a guy that wasn't, he wasn't even supposed to fight. You're right. He was supposed to fight Rumble Johnson. Rumble wasn't able to make that fight based upon health issues, and they put in Anglixcus. Look, I'm just telling you right now, Anglixcus is a good fighter. I've said that from the beginning. I've said, you know, he's got really good skills. He's a good wrestler. He's got very sharp boxing. He just wasn't prepared to fight a guy of the level of Nemkov with what he's done so far because he's never taken that step. Now he has. Now he knows. And, you know, things will change for him. But the whole Corey Anderson, Jan Blahovich thing, it's great. I love it. I think it's awesome. I love what Jan said. I love what Corey said back. And let it go. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see if it ever happens because I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen, though, John. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. But, no, like, that's why I don't like to sit up here and talk about it. But I do. I want to point out, look, I, I care less whether they fight or not. But I want people to understand that just because you're not in the UFC or just because UFC guys have left the UFC and went somewhere else, it doesn't mean they're shitty. That's the thing. is They still fight their asses off, and they're still really good. If you look back, like I said, with the Robbie Lawler situation, where they cut him because they're just like, oh, he's garbage, like he's done. You know, he doesn't want to do this anymore. Then he went to Pride, got some wins there. Then he went to Elite XC, got some wins there. Then he came to Strike Force, was the champion there. Like, then he went to the UFC and fucking was a badass champion there. Fought the guys that were fucking just, he fought everyone. He was, he's a dog, man. He's just, he's one of my all time favorite fighters, Robbie Lawler is. Yep. Not to mention just one of my all time favorite people. You know, so when you're talking about him, then T Wood, people criticize T Wood's garbage in the UN, in Strike Force. He got destroyed <laughs> by Marquardt, blah blah blah. Then he comes back and becomes champion. He did get beat by Marquardt. That happened. Yeah, he did. It's a fight. Yes, 
It's a fight and it happens. It's a fight. But then he comes in and becomes the champion there. You know, and, the, and it's so funny because I was hearing everyone talk about how, oh, man, Luke Rockhold will never be champion in the UFC. Look, he, Anderson Silva would destroy him. Da, 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 Weidman, like oh, these yeah. guys. And then look what those. happened. And then look what happened, you know? And and then when they talked about DC, it was the same shit. He's too small. The heavyweights here were just from... Uh, Strikeforce had the better heavyweights at the time. They made up the UFC's heavyweight division when they came over. They had the better heavyweights. They were the better organization that had the best heavyweights. Remember remember they got rid of Verdum? And then Verdum yeah. came back and became champion, who beat one of my fucking best friends and Cain Velasquez. And I'm like... This guy, like, I didn't think he was going to beat Kane. I was like, there's no way he's going to beat Kane. Kane's going to stuff everything, keep it on the feet, knock him out. I was like, for sure. And he was in the same promotion. He became the champion. They had cut him before that, you know? And so I just, I don't, I don't, you guys, you have to look at the actual fighter themselves and say, this fighter is really damn good at the way that they fight. You are not going to get people to do that because most people, it's, it's marketing. It's, hey, I'm told this, and then I watch, and it's great, so this has got to be the best. And a lot of times it is. And all I can tell you is this, for everyone out there, I traveled the world working MMA events. And a lot of the events I worked, there was not any good fighters at. Nobody that I would have said, hey, that guy's going to be something. But there was a lot that I worked, and I said, dude, that guy can compete with anybody. That guy's a stud. And it was just a matter of time. And some of them are guys like a Khabib Nurmagomedov and all of those mm-hmm. people. I saw him early, and, and everyone say, "Oh no, he's no, he's just a wrestler." No, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch him fight, he dominates people. Yep. And there's other guys out there, and they're coming, and they have been coming. And you know, this is where you're seeing, you know, you know, this the wave of Dagestani fighters and stuff. I've been watching them for a long time. The Peter Yarns out there, the Magomed Magomedos. These people can fight, and they can fight against yeah. anyone. It does not matter who their promoter is. Yeah, you guys have to look at this. And here's another. I'll give you another example because you just brought it up. Well, Peter Yarn has a win over Magomed Magomedov. Magomed Magomedov has a win over Peter Yarn. Guess who just beat Magomed Magomedov? Rafian Stotts. And he he beat him a lot easier than than Peter oh, Yon yeah. did. Peter Yon did. He yeah. stuffed everything, got on top, dominated the top positions, got takedowns, didn't get taken down. He made it look easy compared to what Peter Yon did to him. And that and I know they've all got I know they've both have gotten better since then. But sure. Rafael Stotts is another one you guys got to keep your eye on. When we're when they're talking about doing the, the Bantamweight tournament for Bellator, I'm looking at Rafael Stotts going low. I'm thinking to myself, I just thought about this last night. To myself, I'm like sitting there going, this dude might win the whole damn thing. Damn straight. I'm trying to think of who could be, I'm trying to think of who could potentially beat him. Speed wise, wrestling wise, and stand up wise, out of that out of that Rufus camp. I mean, I, realistically, I'm thinking like maybe Horiguchi, because he's got some speed as well. I just don't know if he's gonna be able to get him down. He's he's a good wrestler, he's a good anti-wrestler, a good takedown artist, he's got speed, he's got it all. Got popping his hands. Rafael Stotts is going to be a freaking problem. Just like Usman said about us, I'm a problem. Well, guess what? Rafael Stotts <laughs> is a problem for all those guys at 135. And so when I'm looking at all those, you got Ma- he just beat Magomed Magomedov. Who else? Pettis. Well, they're teammates, so they're, they're, they're teammates. probably going to try to be on the opposite ends of the brackets. But I mean, like Stotts and Juan Archuleta, they've got Stotts and and uh, you got Patchy Mix. You got Gallagher. You've got uh, who else? Josh Hill. You've got Josh Hill, I mean, Lugo. Yeah, Lugo, uh, Jornel Lugo. My God. 
You're talking about the other who's the champ? The the former the champion champ, or the Caldwell. champion? Yeah, you got the ex champ Caldwell, but you also got the rising champion who's potentially going to come over and enter in the tournament as well. There's talk of that possibly happening. You're going to have 15 to 16 top level guys possibly in this tournament, and it's going to be the who's who from any or from other organizations. You know, um, who knows? You might even hint, hint. You might even see somebody from one in there. You never know. You never know. That's because you're willing to take a chance. You might as well. Who knows? There's, there's no like you rather see the best fighter fight all these yep. guys to see them fight. If that happens, that would be great, man. I would love to see it. Could you, you imagine? You got someone. Could you Ryan. imagine if the UFC put their guys and it was all? You could have a thirty-two. Yeah. It would be awesome. Oh, but I'm saying, <laughs> but the UFC's got a stacked division too. I mean, they've got six hundred fighters. Bellator only has Bellator only has three hundred. I don't know how many one has. I don't know how many how many PFL has. But you've got those. You got you've got top level guys in a lot of organizations. You know, I'd like to see a Lance Palmer. I'd like to see one of those guys, you know, some of those guys from PFL come over as well and join in the tournament, you know? Uh, but look, overall, my point was, and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to be a homer. I'm not a homer in this situation. I'm talking about you guys just watching the level of the fighter and saying, holy shit, that guy is really good. Because if I, if I give you another example, it would be Yaroslav Amosov. He's 26 and 0. He's got the best record in MMA. But then you look at how, if you look at Lima and you look at Roy McDonald, both good fighters. Roy, when he left the UFC, was still ranked in the top seven, six or seven like that. He beats Lima. Lima fixes his problems, beats Roy. The two of them go back and forth. Great stuff. Whatever. Yaroslav Amosov beat Douglas Lima badly. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even, it was, it was, I was shocked on how easy that fight was. You take someone like him who can wrestle, who, who can out-wrestle someone like a Logan Storley, who's one of the best wrestlers in the game right now, and everyone out of Sanford MMA, whether it's Usman or anybody else out of that, that camp has said, Logan Storley's hands down the best wrestler in the whole gym. And that being said, and Yaroslav Amosov was able to out-wrestle him in position. They scrambled position, scrambled position on the feet, was able to outstrike him, but it was a close fight. It was a really close fight. Yep. That right there lets you know how damn good Yaroslav Amosov is. Now, we can talk about all the other fighters as well, but I'm saying I'm giving you guys these feeds. These are fighters to look out for. Watch them, see how they progress, see how well they do, criticize them when they do badly and pick apart what they do. But when they fight well... Give him credit for that. I'm sorry, but I can't give, I can't, I cannot give credit to Yaroslav Amosov for him, the way he handled Douglas Lima. And I'm a huge fan of Douglas Lima. He's an outstanding person and a great fucking fighter. But you match him up against any of those other guys in that division, I think he walks right through. And I'm an MVP fan. I think he beats MVP. I don't, I, I, if you pulled up the 170 pound rankings in Bellator, I don't know who's going to beat Yaroslav Amosov until. I think someone like Logan Storley comes back down and gets back to the t a title shot position. If you pull up the rankings, where are we at? 170. But I don't think I don't think Page beats him unless Page is able to catch him on the come in, you know, and which can be done. Like we talked about with Jan and, and Corey, Douglas Lima has proven like maybe he can make some adjustments to make it a closer fight, but it wasn't close at all. Jason Jackson will give him fits. Jason Jackson is tall, long, and lanky. He's got the long jab. He's got good kicks. He's got great takedown defense because he's got the wide base against the fence. But the one thing that Amosov does, he does takedowns on the open mat as well, not just against the fence. And that's where that's where Jason Jackson does a lot of his takedown defense. The guy that I thinks think, he's going to do uh, well against Amosov, a guy named Neiman Gracie. Yeah. And people say what yeah. they want with the name Gracie. Everyone's, oh, there's no good Gracie. 
Neiman Gracie is the best He's good. fighter out of the Gracie family in MMA I've ever seen. Yep. He is so- good. He's good. He's good. He's getting better on the feet. Now he's with Kings MMA. He's out of there. And now he's training there. He's loving it there. He's learning a lot from those guys. Gaslam and Vittori and all the other guys are in that gym. He's learning a lot. It's not to mention the coach, you know, and then Logan Storley is number five. He's going to look. He's relatively young in the sport. He's 12 and one. His only losses to the champ. So there's guys that I want you guys to keep an eye out for and be like, hey, that guy performed. He had a shitty performance, cool. Or he had a great performance, cool. The guy that I really, honestly, out of all of them, though, that I'm the highest on, I just wish he could figure out what hit, what's going on with him, is Joey fucking Davis. That kid is a stud. An absolute stud. I just wish he could. I don't know. I, I know what's going on, but I'm not going to. I just want him to get. I want him to get back in the game, get with this, and just he has such high, high levels of just ability man it's just unbelievable he has an incredible so, ability but yes he does you know, sometimes the guys that have the greatest ability never turn mm. out to be the guys that become champions and, and there's all kinds of reasons wow. why and well, i'm not going to get into it champion in wrestling exactly <laughs> he was yeah. so, 30, what 133 and 0 in uh his collegiate geez, career insane. so uh, yeah but you know, unfortunately right now he's got other things he's gonna have to deal with and uh yeah you know Hopefully he can come back, get everything straightened out, you know, take care of himself, feel good, and he's, come back to fighting. He's still young. I think he's 27, somewhere yeah. around there, 20, 26, 27, maybe 28 now. But anyway, there's guys in there. Look, I'm, I'm really just talking about guys, and, and there's guys in the UFC as well. If, you, if we pull up their rankings, I could go through and be like, this guy's a stud. This guy's a stud. This female's a stud. These are people that I feel like, hey, there's, these are the people that we feel like can make a, a growth in this sport that people need to keep an eye out for, you know? And I've said it forever, and I know I, maybe it sounds even more like a homer, was, uh, was, it was Umar Nurmagomedov. Umar's I was talking about I was talking about him when he was fucking 19, 18, 19 years old, coming in the gym. Umar's I'm like, damn, stud. who is this Dude, kid? I watched, I watched I, Umar in Russia. I said, who is that kid? They go, oh, that's I was Nurmagomedov. Like, who is I go, this? I was oh, like, thank you. I, I, was, I was baffled by the fact that he was so young. I'm like, how old are you? He's like, oh, I'm nine. I think he had just turned 19. I'm like, you're not even 21 yet. How are you this damn good? Like, his takedown defense was good. His striking was better than his grappling, his jiu-jitsu. But he was a sponge. He's someone that just sat me down. was like, you know, he called me coach. He called me old man. How do you do this? Coach. Yeah, of course, man. Coach, how do you do this? My English not so good. What? I don't understand. You know, like, but he was was a sponge. The same thing about Islam, uh, Makachev. Everyone kept saying, like, oh, because he got knocked out. I'm like, no, no, you guys don't get it. He's good. Like, you guys, oh, he lost that one fight. He's got one fucking loss. Calm down, you guys. And that's the thing. Like, oh, and now, and now he's making his run. I said this years ago how damn good he was. You know, it's like when I say I see a talent, I see a talent. And the talent ends up being pretty damn good. You know, and I'm not going to say that about a lot of people. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of young talent in all these sports and all these uh, promotions that are very good. Just when, I, when we speak about these guys, it's because, like, John's seen way more fights than I have. Because you're way freaking older, but um, <laughs> you're way what? older. Okay, look at that. You got another thing right. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then I want people to understand though too. Like a lot of these guys, when we talk about, I don't know them. The reason I don't know them is because I was in the back warming up while they were fighting. That's John right. was out there. John was out there refing their fight. So that's why John's seen a ton more fights than a lot of other people have realized. Oh, look, I've ranted on long enough, John. John's probably getting tired. He's like, I'm sleeping. You're getting, you're exhausting this this it's conversation. All good. So it's all good. Let's uh let's move on. What's next there, Dave? Dave what's next? All right. Whew, man. Guess Shit, I know. I know. 
Uh, we're going to hop into some fan questions. So um, let's kick Shh. this thing off. The first question comes from Agent Active, who says, On Reddit and Twitter, fans always seem to bash the production values of Bellator. I like how it's different, but sometimes the gap between fights can be kind of long. Is the gap between fights determined by how long the previous fight went, or does it ha- or does have Bellator have to fill a certain amount of airtime? Does Bellator have to fill a certain amount of airtime? Go ahead, John. No, say that again? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I'm, I'm confused in what the question is. The, the question is, is there's a lot of gaps. There's like longer gaps between fights, which I think is not true from the UFC to the Bellator. Um, <clears throat> but there is there is time. There is time gas between because there is time that they want to try to stretch. They want to utilize the amount of like for the UFC. They want to utilize the amount of pay-per-view that they have. They're not just going to rush through it. They have advertisements they have to fit in as well between fights. They also don't want people to see like, oh, here's five fights. They all happen so fast. You've only been watching for an hour and a half. You feel like I you only got an hour and a half worth of my money. That's right. Yes. So they, 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 they have learned over the years to kind of stretch it as much as they can. Two and a half hours. I think the last UFC was only about two and a half hours, I believe something like that. And then, uh, Bellator, we did the same thing. I think in Arizona, we got done a little early cause it was like nine 30. I think we finished up, uh, for the, for that, for that last card in Arizona. <clears throat> so they, they have, they've got sponsors. They've got to fit in where they run into problems sometimes is in the prelims. Because you don't know how fast the prelims are going to go because the fighters are relatively, like, not new, but they just don't have the experience of the main card fighters. And the main card fighters, you can kind of judge how long the fights will go. This fight's going to give you two rounds. This fight's going to give you one round. This fight's going to give you all three. This fight's going to give you all three. This is going to go all five, whatever it is. But in the prelims, you're really you're really taking a guess. You know, I'm like, here, I'll give you, uh, even though it was on the first first fight on the main card, was the, the Parrish and uh, Christian Edwards fight. There was no way any of us ever saw that fight going one, you know, in the first round, in the first what two minutes? I mean, that was a minute thirty, I think it was. In that oh fight. no, it was thirty-eight like seconds. Was it thirty-eight seconds? Okay, I've had the thirty in there somewhere. <laughs> um, but uh, but oh, yeah, like, we like we just do the best you can to kind of to to see how how much time is going to run for each fight. But overall, they've got a certain amount of uh, advertisements they got to hit in there. They've got a certain amount of previews that they've done for uh, what do we call them? We call them uh. Uh, like let's, like let's things make, that we let, help to promote the next level. Let's make this as easy as we can for you guys. A- every promotion that puts their stuff on TV, the UFC and Bellator will talk about, they have what's called a production sheet. And in that, in the, and the, I can tell you that in the early days of Zufa, they didn't believe in a production sheet because it was everything was going to be fine and then when you go over the pay-per-view time the pay-per-view cuts off and your show people get their money back and that happened at UFC 33 when Dana lost his mind because he didn't realize that they didn't have a production sheet so from that point on that was three that was sheet. three that was the first fight that had three yes, title had fights correct three title fights and all of them went for five rounds yeah and it was not good for the UFC so they learned a lesson from it. So everything is done on a production sheet. So they'll take and they'll make these sheets where they script everything out, but they've got to script the fights out or the distance that they are scheduled for as far as it's a three-round fight. They're giving, they're going to give you know, 18 minutes of time, basically, because they'll give the minute breaks, and then they'll try to do a one-minute with the uh, reading of the winner or something like that, even though it usually takes longer. But that's what they'll put in there. Then they'll put all those times and they'll script it out 
and they'll script it out for depending upon how much time they have on the broadcast, two and a half hours, three hours of time, something like that. And then they follow it, but when the fights go fast, if you have a fight that ends at you know two minutes of the first round, they have scripted out an additional 13 minutes or more of time, 15 minutes more of time, and so they try to fill, and both the UFC does it and Bellator does it, and it's they'll fill it in with areas. Sometimes they'll put on a preliminary fight to show you a preliminary fight that took place because they have a preliminary fight that'll fit in there well, but they're all the same. To sit there and say, that, oh, the UFC takes more time than, the, than Bellator or Bellator takes more time in between. No, they don't. They're all scripted out the same way and it's done the same way. Just honest. So you're saying is they all copied Vince McMahon. Um, next question from... <laughs> Vince McMahon knows when his is ending. Uh, uh, next question from Jeff Wade. For Josh, can you explain the advantages and disadvantages of, disadvantages of being near the cage while in top position during ground control? It seems like some fighters like to take their opponent down in the middle of the mat while others prefer to work against the fence. Which did you prefer? Hashtag and still. All right, well, okay, so let me, to start off, let me preface this in saying, in the beginning of when I started fighting, people wanted to take you down against the cage because that was easier to control you against the cage. But as the sport has evolved and developed into how to defend takedowns against the cage, it is now harder to get the takedown against the cage, as well as it's easier for the fighter to sometimes get up against the cage. Using that wall is like a, using that cage is like a third leg, you know, uh, to lean on, to not have to worry, having like that, that extra base, something to just carry your weight on. You could drive into me, but now I just lean against the fence because it's just holding me up. So as of now, I prefer to get takedowns in the middle of the cage. You know, if you can do it right in the middle, then you just got to make sure that you understand how to do the ground and pound without them moving away and sliding away, which is a little harder than people think on the canvas. They don't just slide away. When I fought, when I fought in Strike Force, they had vinyl, and so keeping them against the cage was better because if you had them out in the open, they would slide two, three feet away when you postured up. They'd go to like they try to do like a scissor sweep or something like that. They could actually, when they went to the scissor position, they could actually just use their shins to kick kick away from you, and they'd get two, three feet away, and they'd get up to their feet. As the can, as they moved, and then we went to Bellator, went to the UFC, they had canvas. So now that they have canvas, it's harder to actually just slide away and get away, get back to your feet. So having you out in the open is a little bit better versus when it was Strike Force and some other promotions that before used to use can uh, use vinyl and the vinyl gets sweaty and guys would slip and fall and guys would slide away two three feet. And if you got to take down the guy, sometimes when he landed and he landed, he was all sweaty. He'd slide away from you as you were landing on top of him. And so taking them down against the cage was more beneficial than trying to take them down in the open mat. So now I think it's evolved to where everyone now should be trying to get the takedowns or bouncing them off the cage and turning them back to the middle so then they can't use the cage to get up. That's kind of been the new thing as well. Anytime you look would, at the cage, if you don't have 180 degrees of balance, but you have a good, eh, say, 90 degrees of balance because everything that that guy pushes into you the cage is going to keep you there. It's when he, they're able to take you off towards that 180 degree left or right or anything behind you, that's where you're going to get your takedowns when someone's against the cage most of the time, unless they're able to all of a sudden drop levels, get their hands locked, and pull your legs out. But you know, when you're looking at when, when whenever you're watching a fight and you're seeing someone take somebody down, you're going to be able to tell what the person who's doing the takedown wants to do, what their main focus is by 
how they go about either changing and improving position, we'll say, as far as moving from the guard to a half guard, sometimes the side control, then try to go to mount. A lot of guys will do that, setting up their submission game or something like that. Or if they're the guy that likes to stay in the guard, and a lot of guys do. They like to stay in guard or half guard and pound people out from that position because they're very good at what we call following the hips. When the guy turns his hips and tries to move himself to get a little bit of space, get a knee inside, that person crushes that space and squares their hips up and then just repeats what they were doing before. When you're watching guys on top, watch where their head is at. If their head is in the sternum area or chest area of their opponent, they're not doing anything that's going to win them the fight from that position. But when they bring their head up over close to the same level or even sometimes above the level of their opponent, now they can do a lot of heavy damage, and they're not easy to be hit as far as the guy on the bottom. Now, punching him, it doesn't work the same. It's not as easy. It's easier when his head is down here and you want to elbow or punch. So there's a lot of positions that you can look at. But the guy in the top position, they're the one putting the fight where they want so that they should be leading the fight towards either a finish or whatever they, you know, submission or pound them out. That's what they're looking for. Does that make sense? Yeah. Only to us, I think. Next. (laughs) I know. Goldoth asks, love watching your show. Keep them coming and rocking. If you had a beer with Stipe Miocic and he asked what is my next move to get the most out of my remaining contract, what would you say? Keep in mind he ain't gonna go Conor McGregor all of a sudden on the media. Much love to all three of you. Uh, Pull up the rankings in the heavyweights. Here you go. It's gotta be number Number two. two. Yep. Yeah. Um, the first, I mean, here, real serious. The first thing I would ask him is, what is it that's important to you? Yeah. That's the first question I would ask him. What, Stipe, you got to tell me, what is it that is important to you? Is money the most important thing to you? Is your, let your, 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 career and your the legend that you leave behind is that the most important to you is it being able to fight in front of your fans and people that you know your family being able to go to your fights and things like that is that the most important because all of those elements are things to be considered if you're talking about money there's there's money to be made outside of the ufc for stipe that he would make more money probably fighting in in certain organization than he would for the ufc right now he doesn't have being number two. He's not getting pay-per-view numbers. He's not getting uh, any of that stuff. And so his pay as, as you know, the ex champion is a lot less than what it was when he was, you know, holding onto the belt. So he's in a position where, you know, he's got to figure out what is the thing that's motivating him, what's important to him. And that's the direction you would start to tell him to go. Well, I mean, I think I really believe he has a case. If if Gon beats Ngannou, I think he's got a case to have a, a title shot. He does. I know he's come. I know he's coming off a loss, but like the guy that beat me is gone. He lost in his first title defense, and I know I'm coming off loss, but I'm the most long-standing heavyweight champ you've ever had. You know, I deserve that. And it was a. And it was. I know he. I know he. He got finished in that fight against oh, yeah. Ngannou, but Gon doesn't have the same. The same power. I think he's got power, but he don't have the same power as Ngannou. Well, he's not going to out. He's not going to out Russell Stipe. 
Yeah. So, so, so that, he's got to he's got to pick Stipe apart from the outside. It's not going to be easy to do. No. And that fight that fight makes a lot of sense. That fight. I mean, I would love to see that fight. Let's see if the young the young stud can get past the old grizzly veteran. And now you see, put Stipe back right back into that mix. Um, but then Ngannou's going to have to get a win over someone, you know, or whatever, make his run back. You know, until these guys, and maybe like you have Curtis Blades, you've got Volkov. I mean, I'm waiting for this Tom Aspinall guy to make his run, man. He's yeah. on his way up. So but he's, you, he's if looking you, good. If you look at the UFC's heavyweight division, and, and this is just in all honesty, as you look at it, you don't have a whole lot of guys that are real happy where they're at. Okay, and just being honest, and this is in talking with certain people and things, there's a whole lot of guys that are not happy being there. They're not happy with the way they're being treated. They don't believe that, you know, that they're given the due that they deserve, all these different things. And so right now, you know, that's a division that it, it's in a little yeah. bit of turmoil. It's got a really good fight coming up between Ngano and Gon, but it's not the there's a there's a lot of instability in that division. Yeah, but John, you're gonna have that in every promotion. You know, yeah, we've got a little bit of that, not, we have a little absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's well. because it's the UFC. I'm saying it's because of the way the promotion has actually dealt with certain scenarios and, and people wanting more money and all the things that are happening, you know? Yeah, but that's going to happen in every promotion. There are bu- Fighters are a bunch of fucking crybabies. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We cry about every little thing when we're starting to make our run to the title. Like once things start going good, we expect the promotion just to jump through hoops to make us happy. It don't work that way. Okay. I mean, like, I, like, you know, it's, I, I just, I've learned silently from the outside that that's not how it works. You know, like, uh, as I made my runs and you, you know, you want to get a little bit bigger in the britches. Well, guess what? The promotion don't give a shit. Like, you have a contract. You honor that contract. Keep winning, and we'll talk about more money later on. And that's kind of where, like, remember when I, I everyone thought I was getting on Stipe? Well, where are you at right now? Well, just fight, man. I, I think he, I believe, like, in this situation, he should he should wait and to see who wins this title shot. And if the Gon wins, I, I think he should ask for another title shot. If Gon loses, I think he's going to have to fight somebody. He's going to have to fight a Derek Lewis or a Curtis Blades or somebody else or a Rosenstruck. He's going to have to fight someone to get another title shot if Ngannou wins. Yeah. So if he doesn't win, though, and Gon wins, I think it'd be perfect matchup for Stipe and him to get in there. That's it. That's the only way I see this really thing playing out. I'm Like I said, I'm waiting for this Tom Aspinall. Like when I was talking about you guys earlier, I said, hey, there's young fighters. There's young, talented fighters for that I talk highly of and I think they'd have, after looking at the style of which they fight, keep an eye out on. This is one of them. I think Tom Aspinall is like one of those guys that people should keep an eye out on, you know, and, and watch the growth of what he does from here on out because he's he seems phenomenal. He seems like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been wrong on some of these guys, but he seems phenomenal. He seems like he's got his stuff about him and he's trying to slow play it. He's waiting until he gets paid more money. He's doing all the right things. He, he knows he's got to grow as, as a fighter. Those are things you want to hear from the young, from the young, talented fighters. And he's, he seems to be doing all the, everything on the right track. Not Next in a hurry. Question. No. Next question from Sam Lapa, who asks, many of the UFC fighters, especially female fighters, are struggling financially. Why don't UFC offer Ringo jobs to female fighters and assist them in extra income to help with their situation? What's your take on that? Thank you. Why is it? Why doesn't the UFC offer what? Ring card girls. Offer them a job as a ring card girl. Oh, stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you fucking kidding me? You actually wrote that? You think that a fighter wants to be a ring card girl? 
Jesus uh, Christ, man. A little respect towards, you know, unbelievable. I'm John, sorry. John, no, John. fucking no, stupid. I, I, I agree. I, I, I wouldn't put it that way. But I would. I, no. How, yeah, how the, the disrespectful fe- are you to believe that just because someone is a female, they want to be a ring card girl? Now, I'm not saying anything wrong about ring card girls. I stood up for them before because if that's what you want to be, great. But because you're a good-looking girl and you can fight, oh, you, you'd want to be a ring card girl? No, well, but Johnny, for the, he's, saying, he's saying for the extra money because not a lot of them are making yeah, enough money. Yeah, it's fucking stupid <laughs> for the extra money. But, but if it's an but easy gig what? to offer, the, the UFC <laughs> can offer it, though, and it's an easy gig. That's a, that's Is not... it an easy gig? Do you do it, Dave? Yeah, I want to see Dave get up there. Yeah. <laughs> <Da-dun, da-duns. laughs> Come on, Dave. <laughs> get up there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what is nine, 90% of the audience male or female? Because if it's if it's male, then, you know, I'm not going to have a whole lot of That's a dumb question, and you're a dumb person for putting that <laughs> dumb question on our podcast. All right, uh, all right next. All right, next question. <laughs> this question comes from Will Schwing. Question for both. Has there been a better Superman punch knockout, in your opinion, other than Hisaki Kato versus Joe Schilling at Bellator 139? Hashtag and still. That was a great one. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Kato I've, had, I've never seen one. For for whatever reason it was, Kato had Joe Schilling's number. He was, uh, he, you know, took him on in MMA. And that was Joe taking Kato on in MMA. And he had that beautiful Superman punch knockout win. Uh, it starched Joe. And then they had a rematch in kickboxing, and Joe was doing really well until there was a spinning back fist by Kato, and that knocked Schilling out too, so. Gato had Schilling's number. That was one of the best knockouts with a super pu- Superman punch that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of another one. So yeah, I think it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Next question. Next question from Fraser T. Why do you guys think they haven't done Dominic Cruz versus Aldo yet? Both coming off a win and from the same point in their careers, while stand while still up there in the rankings. Thanks. Uh, my personal opinion is that I think Jose Aldo is has the potential to still make another title run. I don't think Dominic Cruz does. And so I, I don't think that I, – th- I think the UFC stays away from things like that. They're like, okay, look, we have two legends. One of them – let's match them up against people that we think potentially they can make a little bit of a run in. I don't think if you pull up the rankings – can you scroll down? Let me see this. I don't think Dom's going to be able to get up into that next level. And I'm a huge Dom fan in terms of his being a fighter. Yep. So when I'm looking at where is Dom? But Dom has he's said there it is. he doesn't want to fight yeah. Aldo. He said there's no reason oh, really? for me to fight Aldo. So he's yeah. already put it out there. That's not a fight I'm even interested in. So yeah, I think see, that's I'd, part I'd, of it. Yeah. I'd like to see the Dominic Cruz and Frankie Yeager fight. That's what I'd like to see. That's my personal. Like, I mean, in terms of the old dogs, I'd like to see that fight happen. But um, but I think I think Aldo's still got a little bit left in the tank. I mean, he's still young. What is he like? Thirty two. Look, look at his last fight against Munoz. He looked fantastic. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. He, he started kicking again, which is impressive. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's funny how that shit changes the game, huh? <laughs> a couple of kicks and yeah, so you know, I was like, oh shit. So, yeah, he's got his hands full though with Rob Font. Yep. Well, speed's gonna be a factor, I think. But. All right. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I I wouldn't suggest why they would 
Dom doesn't want to fight him. That's probably why. That's be good. That's a big if I was reason. Dom, I, if I was Dom, I wouldn't want to fight him either. <laughs> it's like he's good, man. He's still got a lot. He's still got left in the tank. What's next? Next question from Evan. Thoughts on Kater going up to one fifty five if he loses against Giga. What about a first lightweight fight against Tony Ferguson? Wow, what is it? You don't like Calvin Cater? Man. <laughs> At one fifty five, Calvin Cater would uh he's he's got he's got a frame that he could go up to that weight and it would I think he would do well still. But the power translation is going to be a little bit different he had some nice knockouts as a featherweight that are not going to happen as a lightweight uh, guys are going to have just a, that little bit of extra weight that little bit of extra strength uh the speed will work for him uh look calvin cater is a good fighter so he'd be good anywhere could he beat tony he could not beat tony if tony got him to the ground he could beat tony if he could keep the fight on the feet you know, he's got the stand-up ability to beat Tony in the stand-up. I think he's quicker. I think he's got a more a fluid and more technically sound stand-up game than Tony. But if it hits the ground, he does not have the ground game, in my opinion, that he would be able to stay safe against Tony for a full, you know, 15-minute 15, 15 fight. My thoughts on him going to 55, I think, is no. Just stay at 45. <laughs> figure out what's wrong with your game i don't i I don't really think he's gonna lose to giga i think he can beat giga because if he threatens to take down a little bit it'll change the way giga fights <clears throat> giga's not gonna be able to stop a whole lot of takedowns like that was like you said against barboza you knew there was no takedowns yeah. like you knew barboza was gonna shoot on him so he could just let his shit fly for a kickboxing stance but cater he can threaten a takedown or two he can get a takedown if he yeah, and if, it, if he does that, Giga's going to have a hard time. <clears throat> he won't be the same fighter after one or two takedowns because it does zap the energy, trying to defend the takedowns and then trying to get back up and the, the weight of the fighter on top of you. All of those things play a huge factor on how your output is when you get back to your feet. One of the hardest drills to do in, in, in training for MMA is to work on getting back up and then circling off the fence and then letting your hands go. So when you're training with your coaches, right, or you're training with your teammates, we do the where the wall escape. You get back up to your feet. You're able to fight it off, but it takes, you know, a good minute, maybe 45 seconds to a minute 20 to get up to your feet. And then you finally are able to circle off. And now you got to let your hands fly. It doesn't happen feels, like that. It feels so, like lead. It's horrible. Yeah, just <laughs> everything's heavy. It's not that you're not the, you're not the same fighter you were before you got taken down. So I think Cater at 50 or 45 would be is good. Just keep him there. You know, I don't know how much weight he cuts, but he looks phenomenal at the weight. He doesn't look like he's sucked in too much. Um, you know, people want to try to insert him in other places. And then the, what you want to do is you want to match him up against someone who's on the downhill. Don't like, let's not do that. Like, that's like one of those things that, oh, well, you couldn't beat that guy because of this, this and this. Well, because fucking I was older, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not the same. Yeah. If you go back and watch my fights when I was like. 29, 31, 32, whatever it was, I looked a lot faster. better than I looked when I was 38, 37, 38, 39. You know what I mean? You look different. So this, you know, let's not match up these young studs against these older guys and just pretend like, oh, it's the same thing because he's 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 a legend in the sport. Let's not do that shit. This doesn't work that way. Next one. Corbin Hopkins asks, besides Henry, who do you think uh, there's any other fighters, past or present, who could be three division champions? If Jose Aldo could have made 135 when he first got in the UFC, I think he could have. 
Mm, three three division champion. That's going to be tough. Division. But where else would he have been champion then at 135? Where does he go after that? One, yeah. 125? He'd have to go to 155. Yeah. And I don't think I, he would yeah, be able happened. to make it there. No. I don't think he would have been. The guys were, were getting big at that time if he went to 155. They were getting bigger. So he's not a big 50. He wasn't a big 45 pounder. That's why he made 35. You know? Um, he was at one time was a bigger 45 pounder. Say at one but, time he was bigger. Yeah, he wasn't that. But you look at the 45, the 55 pounders as they, as the sport started evolving, they got bigger, you know? Um, I, I don't think, I don't think it was him. I, I'm not saying that Henry would beat Volk. I just think stylistically he matches up well with him. The speed factor is there. The power goes to Volk, but the wrestling goes to Henry. The submission defense, all that shit will go to Henry. And but the submission attempts will go to 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 Volk. Can Volk stay off of his back? You know, and after and watching Volkanovski with his submission defense, Henry ain't submitting him. No, no, I didn't say that. No, 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 <laughs> no. no his Henry, Henry with the not Henry, Henry with the submission defense though. Yeah. I think Henry would be able to just to, to survive the, the grappling portion of not getting submitted. I also think that uh, Volkanovski. Could attack a lot. I don't know if he'd be he'd be able to get a submission, but I think I think he he'd be more of the guy off of his back having to fight for submissions. That's what I would think. I mean, he'd probably be able to get up to his feet, but Henry, he can fucking wrestle with the best of them in the world. Insane, you know. And so the transitions are there. The speed of the takedown is there. The speed of the hands I give to Henry, but the power I give to Volk. So, I mean, it just makes for a good fight. It makes stylistically for a fun fight. I would lean more towards Volk just because of the overall size. But yeah, I mean but, Henry can do it. But that's not he's not saying that. He's saying it's who else besides Henry. And I'm being honest, know, there was only one guy that I could have said possibly could have done it, and that was because he was crazy. And uh he would fight anybody and it was uh Dan Henderson. Lightning Lee Murray. Lightning Lee Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Dan Henderson won the middleweight, yeah. won the light heavyweight title in Pride, and later on he beat Fedor. So yeah. you know there's a guy that you know could have been in that position, but three weight categories. It's like that's yeah. that's just a an unusual person that could be able to do all of that. Yeah, I you think could, if they eventually change it to every ten pounds until you hit to the one eighty five, I think you could have the chance of someone doing it from fifty five seventy to not to eighty five. Sorry, forty five fifty five to seventy. I think you have someone do it in that mix, or or what Henry's doing twenty five thirty five forty five. I think you have someone do it in that mix. Well, Saint Pierre would be would have been the other guy that possibly because he did it at eighty five, he did it at seventy. Could he have gone down to one fifty five? It's a long drop, but if it was at one sixty five, he could have. Yeah. 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 That's Who true. Knows? Yeah. Who knows? All right. Next. And uh, next question from Bogo Sports. What does it feel like to be rocked by a punch? I've always wanted to know without getting rocked by a punch. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell There's you a bunch it, of different ways. This is yeah, it, it depends. Everything is different. But if you get hit with a solid shot and it it, it does what I call it buzzes you. And you're going to get this buzzing that kind of goes down your spine and into your legs and stuff. And you'll, you can, you'll see like a flash and you'll know, Oh, I got hit. And you'll try to move fluidly. Sometimes you will. And sometimes you won't. And you'll take steps that your, your body is not caught up with your brain or your brain is not caught up with your body. And that's where you start to stumble a little bit. It doesn't mean you'll fall. But I call it the buzz, and you'll get this, like, electrical buzz, like you're getting 
it's not like being tased since I've been tased too many times, but it's that same type of feeling. You get this buzz going down your spine. Sound about right? Yeah, yeah, but I feel like there's different there's different ways also. Like there's that flash of light, you get the buzz, but then like you said, you go to move. Sometimes your feet don't move at all. Like you <laughs> no, feel like you're moving, but yeah. nothing moves. You're stone. I call being stoned. Yeah. Like you get stoned. Like you get stuck in one spot. You're like, oh shit. And then you zap out of it probably like a second later. But you're like, you go to move and you're like, fuck, I can't move. And then like you wake up a second, you're like, oh shit, I can move now. And it feels so like that. it was a lot of time too. But it's yeah, it does. And then and then there's the when you get rocked and like you John said, like you do the stanky leg, like you know, I call it like on skill on stilts. You do that Zab Judah position, you know, when uh you get rocked and one leg goes stiff or uh what's his name? Kevin Lee. That type of stuff. You know, he he gets the wobbly, everything gets all wobbly, but you know, he fights through it. There's a lot there's a lot of different ways of getting rocked, you know. I mean, I've seen guys get rocked and just kind of turtle up and just be able to cover up and still just hang out there but uh yeah the, yeah it goes it goes with the flash sometimes you just get the flash and that's it and sometimes you get the buzz and sometimes you get the stone so it really depends it, they're all different they the are one thing different. the one thing i will tell you is it doesn't hurt no at that time doesn't hurt at all now a body shot that yeah. puts you down oh it hurts <laughs> you, they don't even have to feel put it. you down you you you'll get hit by that body shot and it, you know oh that was a good shot and then all of a sudden it's like a second and a half later your body starts just shutting down that's a horrible feeling it hurts yeah yeah you, you sometimes you don't even have to be put down to realize how damn much it hurts uh, next next question from luis felipe salazar question for big john i just want to know what was your experience leading to ufc 9 and if the rule set change the way you refereed the event <laughs> yeah it was completely different did, did the experience of ufc 9 change anything it changed everything like ufc 9 was going to be in uh detroit michigan it uh we ended up going to court early there then i ended up in court late we ended up in court even on the day of the fight and the judge of that uh, case determined that there was two things that reminded him of because the state was trying to use boxing as their hey this is prize fighting boxing is prize fighting this is prize fighting this is the same it has to be under the state athletic commission's purview and the judge in all of his infinite wisdom came up with two things that reminded him of boxing from what we were doing in the UFC and mixed martial arts at the time. And that was punches with a closed hand and headbutts. That was the two things that he came up with. So basically what he did is he said, look, look these are the two things. So if you take away these two things and make them illegal, then they don't have a case. So the guy who was uh, the owner of the UFC, Bob Myers at the time said, he goes, I'll make those illegal. And I looked at him like, are you shitting me? And uh, he goes, absolutely, we'll make those we'll make those illegal. He goes, no problem, case, case closed, boom. And he hits the thing and we're out. And I'm looking at Bob Myers and I'm going, what in the fuck are you talking about? He goes, you're going to make those illegal. No headbutts and no punches. He goes, and if someone does it, you're going to tell them that's a foul. He says, and when they have to pay for that foul, God only knows. <laughs> so that was what he wanted me to go 
in the back and tell the fighters. So I, I did. I you know went back there and I said, look, you know, due to this, punches with a closed fist, headbutts. Those are fouls. So if you do it, you're going to hear me say, that's a foul. I said, and then if you do it again, I'm going to say, we're going to take money from you. That's a foul. That's a foul. I said, but nothing's going to ever come of it, and you're never going to have to pay for that foul. Do you understand what I'm saying? And they go, yep. Now, there was one guy, Ken Shamrock, who said, John, I can't do that. And I said, I'm not telling you what you can do. He goes, you want me to go out there and break the rules? I said, I don't want you to go break the rules. I'm just telling you what the rules are. You do what you want. And he said, I got kids that I, you know, I, I, you know, I mentor and things like that. I can't just go out there. I said, Ken, not my problem. You know what I'm going to be saying. You know what's going to be doing. You know he's going to be trying to punch you. If you don't want to punch him, you want to hit him with open hands, so you do that in Pancrase all the time, do it. I go, I'm just telling you that if he does it to you, I'm going to say it's a foul, but nothing's going to happen from it. And so Ken went out there and you know tried to, tried to hit him with open hands. That didn't work too well. It was the worst fight in the world, and it was all based upon a stupid ruling by judicial people that have no idea about fighting. There you go. I completely forgot about that. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. What a nightmare. Yeah. Total nightmare. I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot about UFC 9, that situation. Next. All right. Last one from Brett Cagle, who asks, question for both. So far, what are your early contenders for fight of the year in UFC and Bellator? <sighs> oh, shit. You know, I, I hate to say this. Every time I watch a great fight, and then I'll watch another great fight, and I forget the other one. And the last great fight I watched was Deontay Wilder versus Fury. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I got to think now. I got to go back and think. Um, oh, I can't even tell you, man. It's a tough one. I'd, Volkanovski against Brian Ortega would be up there for me. That was... Uh, a little one-sided in, in some ways, but there was so many exciting moments, especially in the third round, and just the way yeah. it was, it was pretty goddamn impressive. So, love that fight. Um, again, the farther something goes away, the more I forget it now because it's always on to the next. Um, well, you're really helping, aren't you? <laughs> you can't uh, remember well, I, anything. <laughs> I really like it. So I'm like a nerd when it comes to when guys get after each other in the grappling area and stuff. So I look at, <clears throat> I look at Logan Storley and Yaroslav Amosov. I thought it was an absolute amazing fight. The scrambles, the positioning and understanding how good Logan Storley was at wrestling and not being able to get takedowns, learning and looking and watching how flexible Amosov was and the ability he had to stuff takedowns, that's, scramble that's from underneath. not this year. That's... That was this year, wasn't it? No. <laughs> It wasn't. No, it was like April. No, it was not. It was 2020. No, Here look it up. Listed by typology. No, look, look, oh. look it up. Look it up. Look okay. up the Amosoff and Storley. I don't think that was in 21. I thought it was in April. No, I thought it was one of the first fights in April. In April. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, 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 you could be right, but I, last I, November. Thought, I thought that was. No, it was last November. It was it. yeah, 2020. Okay, well, fuck it. I'm wrong. Well, <laughs> been right, been wrong. Sorry about that, dude. Shit. Killing I was just me. like, I think that was 2020. That was already mm. passed. Topology listed a few here. If the, if okay, so going. look. Holloway Cater, one-sided. I, I thought it was a great fight, but it was one-sided. Well, yeah, one-sided. You know, um, 
Reyes, Reyes versus Prochaska. Uh, I, I will give that one. I like that fight. It's good. Based upon Dominic Reyes bit down on his mouth. He said, you know, I'm just going to give everything I have. I thought he was getting beat yeah. pretty much pillar to post in that fight, but I love the heart that he showed in it. And it was a pretty dramatic knockout, if you want to say that, yeah. which is not good for Dominic, but it was it was a good fight. I thought the yeah. uh, I I really enjoyed uh, Edson Barbosa versus uh, Burgos. I thought that I was thought a it was great okay. Fight. I didn't think it was. Oh, I thought it was a good was okay. fight with a strange knockout. I thought yeah. that was a pretty. pretty the Ponzinibbio Baez Baez fight or whatever was fucking good. That was good. That was a fun fight. Yeah, that was a fun fight. Um, scroll down more. <sighs> I like how they're all written for me. I don't have to think at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dober and Riddle was great. I love that fight. I was, yeah. And I know Riddle's uh, going to be fighting coming up soon. So that's a guy I'll watch every time. Oh. Uh, yeah. Hot impressed. I mean, Josh. Well, I mean, I don't Nothing know. Nothing is like impressing I'm thinking, I mean, like, there was no, like, I guess for me, I was looking for a fight like a, like a Joanna and Waylee Zhang. Yeah, those don't happen like, that often. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that was a fight that was like back and forth, back and forth. I mean, Waylee Zhang was losing the first two rounds and then she came back and won the next three and it was close. And I'm looking for fights like that, you know, um, they're not, they're not many, there's not many of them. So, um, but yeah, over that. Yeah. But anyways. All right. All right, next. That was it. That was it. Yep. All right, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Pick up one of the shirts. we got to come up with a design, too, that just says Wayne in podcast on it. Like, I don't know, but just across the front. You mean like just all simple, 10 of these? No, 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 no. Like, just like in simple writing. You understand what I'm saying? Like, see how John, you see how John's shirt looks right there? It just says, like, merging vets and players. Something like, not like just not stacked like that, but like something that just goes across the chest like that. And then right below maybe podcast. I don't know. Something like that. Just to have, uh, just to, yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Well, I you're just doing look good. at the, <laughs> I am. Uh, fucking, we've been doing this for two hours. I'm totally getting tired. Uh, all right. Let's go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Use, uh, use the promo code. And still. I keep wanting to say Wayne. <laughs> I know. I was and, uh. And pick up one of our shirts and check them all out. They also go to our Clips channel and our regular channel on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell. I want to thank you guys for following us as well as on all of our audio platforms, which has been growing as of lately. And we thank you guys for that. So I hope you guys have a wonderful evening and enjoyed this show. We did. Uh, I did rant quite a bit tonight, but it was all knowledge that I'm hoping to share with you guys. And hopefully you guys Listen to some of that and say, you know what? I'm going to go check that fighter out. I'm going to check that fighter out, you know? And uh, I'm, and we were able to share my knowledge. That's what we're here for. John? There you go. Last thing I'm going to say is, Podcast Dave, you were horrible today. Horrible. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> WWE. Bringing up WWE. My God. Other than that, everyone else, we're out. See ya. <laughs>